Dance Your Heart on Fire podcast, episode number 27. It just really puts you on that path, you know, and there's different things for different people. Everybody has their own path to walk, you know, but um, we are a human race. We are a society. We are social creatures, you know, and I feel like we can help each other so much more than what we're doing right now in the context that there shouldn't be people committing suicide with suicidal thoughts and feeling lost and feeling worthless and all that like fuck that shit like that shouldn't be that shouldn't be an issue you know like people need to figure out what they're what they're born for what their calling was what are they going to do to improve society what are what inventions what ideas what arts what songs what choreographies what inventions are they able to offer the world versus feeling that they're not good enough you know I really want you to realize I really want to put you on I've been searching for someone to satisfy my every need Won't you be my inspiration Be the real love that I need Real love I'm searching for a real love Someone to set my heart free Welcome to the Dance Your Heart on Fire podcast, the podcast dedicated to inspiring dancers worldwide whose hearts have been touched by music and dance. The universal language of dance and music is spoken by many of us throughout the world. We want to motivate the dancer in you by sharing stories, insights, and ideas to enhance your journey. Join us now with your host, Charles Ogar. Hello, hello, everyone. This is Charles with the Dance Your Heart on Fire podcast, and we have Miss Wicked, 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 Wicked Emily, Emily, B, 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 back in the building. <laughs> hey. Yeah, good to be your co-pilot again. It's been a minute. That A was accompanied by a long central body roll, guys. I got it. She's right next to me here, but you guys missed it. So I'm going to paint the picture for you so you guys are here because you can just hear my voice. It was very nice. If you dance her on the, on the, if you just take her out to dance on the dance floor, guys, ask her for the A body roll and you will not be disappointed. And I'm going to be so surprised someone actually listened to my voice and recorded, remembered me that I would probably <laughs> all right um thanks guys for joining us on another podcast with emily's back and we actually had the idea for this particular topic for a podcast a while ago but it's awesome that we're actually able to do it now actually emily was able to read the book five love languages and now that we're both read up on the book we get to talk about it with you guys and how it correlates to Kizomba and I guess to give a little bit a backstory of like how this topic even came up to be um, with me dancing full-time you read certain books and books there was this one book I think it was the emotional equation by Chip Conley and I'll put a link for that in the show notes um, he talked about how I mean, everything we do is just trying to find love in some regard you know and before like a Maybe a year ago, two years ago, three years ago, some amount of time period, I was like, yeah, everybody's looking for love. I want to make my money, you know, and I want to like <laughs> get girls' attention and stuff like that. I'm not looking for love. Real time. <laughs> <laughs> and, but I will definitely say the more that I've um, started to teach Kizomba, the more these things kind of come out, you know? And so I took the five love languages quiz and 
Physical touch was my highest love language. And then after that was words of affirmation. And reading the book, it just really like started to like pull parallels, you know? And so for me growing up, I'm gonna get a little personal. Uh, me growing up, my parents were pretty strict. So there was physical touch, but it was like reprimanding touch, you know, like spankings and stuff like that, you know? And there was words, but they weren't words of affirmations. They were like scolding or like, you know, tough Nigerian parents kind of thing. If, if you're Nigerian and listening to the podcast, you know exactly what I'm talking about. And so growing up, as I started to date in relationships and things like that, I found that my girlfriends filled those words of affirmation, but not in a negative way, in a positive way, just giving somebody a compliment. Hey, you look good in that shirt. Hey, I like your, you're intelligent. Like hearing those kind of things like really, really makes me happy. And it like, it's like um, not a proportionate of like um, eating a hamburger. Like it's something that like touches your soul, you know? <laughs> Versus, I mean, there's some hamburgers that touch your soul, but, <laughs> <laughs> but, um, and then the same thing with physical touch, you know, like from getting spanked or like slapped in the face or something like that to having somebody like just play with your hair and give you like a scalp massage and you just like turn into like putty as you're like, as they're touching you, it's kind of thing. I'm like, wow, like why is this having such a big effect on me? And after reading the book, it was like, and you know, and they're like, well, if these relationships are giving me, um, filling up my love tank, then what is Kizomba doing? You know, because Kizomba is that dance where you get to have somebody that's really close to you for a long period of time. And if you're craving that, and if you're single and you already don't have like a high super self-esteem, self-confidence, you just need like some, some intimacy, you know, without the complexities of a relationship or commitments or anything like that. Like I just found like maybe this is why I'm so addicted to Kizomba. And then words of affirmation, like even just dancing period, people will give me compliments and dance. And that was really uh, refreshing to hear, you know, that kind of definitely helped me build my self-esteem and my self-confidence. And that's kind of how I got to where I am today. But looking back on it now and, and looking at that book of Chim Chip Conley, it's like, eh, I am looking for the love that I didn't really get in my way when I was growing up. And so now it's like, I'm getting my love taken filled. I'm like, now that I'm aware of it, I'm like, well, shit, I'm just gonna go keep doing my thing because this is what I want. This is what makes me happy. This is what gets me to feel uh, whole. <laughs> well, I think I think it's a good background and the, the basic premise, um, is that you know it's not just about dancing humans are social creatures and we have a need for love and that's a very basic human need that each one of us deserve to have met and it doesn't just have to be romantic love and that's what i really liked about the gary chapman book is that even though it's contextualized within marriages and common problems that come up because he's um he's a like a marriage counselor basically it's um, there's there's a way that we get love, of course, through our families and through our friends, and uh, it doesn't always have to be like in a, a romantic relationship. And so um, I forget what it was when Charles brought up the love languages thing, and I had heard about it before in the context of friends of mine who are getting 
like premarital counseling before going through the Catholic Church and they were talking that the counselor was walking them through mm -hmm. and talking to them about it and it's something that I found really interesting because it's almost like doing the Myers-Briggs personality test because it helps you understand yourself better and then that way you can kind of navigate the world a little better um, and it's funny because like once I find out those things about myself I realize why I resonate with certain close people to me in my life. And so as Charles and I were becoming really good friends, he, he brought up this uh, love languages thing and I went and took the quiz and I have the exact same love languages as he does. My Dun -dun -dun. <laughs> it proves it, the end. It's like yeah. better than being like <laughs> the similar um, astrological, astrological signs. Like if you're matched on the love languages, I feel like that's a stronger bond than like, oh, you're a Sagittarius, me too. Like, yay. But like when you like have the same love languages, like it's, it's like um, more magnetic. Totally. And it's like, um, I, it feels like for, for me to have, like, let's just talk about like in the friend context, to have friends who like fill my love tank in that way and I fill theirs, like those are my, my like really supporting and loving friendships that like help me in so many different ways. And so when I see like my friend Francesca or my friend TV or my friend Charles or my friend Pamela and I could greet them with like a real hug, it's it it feels so nice. And that's because physical touch is my love language. And as Charles was saying, I mean part of the the premise of Gary Chapman's five love language typology is the idea that it was the kind of it's how you understood love as a kid either because it was the way you were getting it or it was the way you weren't getting it mm -hmm. and so my family is a really physically affectionate family so when we go home for christmas and everything like people are like cuddling on the couch and like hugging um, my brothers will like put their arm around me if we're walking somewhere, my, my two brothers together wrestle, which I think is like their way of <laughs> hugging in a socially acceptable way. Definitely. Um, but yeah, that was the premise. And then Charles like had this idea. He had this hypothesis mm -hmm. about Kizomba and love languages. So my initial hypothesis, because I was just speaking from my perspective, was oh i love kizomba and i love physical touch so everybody that loves kizomba loves has high physical touch love language and in the book it talks about um how you have two love languages that kind of are more dominant than the others um also just for those of you that are listening and have no idea what the five love languages are um just a quote we're going to get more into it but there's words of affirmation physical touch, gifts, acts of service, and quality time. So those are the different tanks that we've been talking about. We're gonna get more into the nitty gritty, but I just wanted to fill you guys in because I know we would have kind of jumped right into it. Um, but my premise was everybody that loves Kizomba loves the physical touch aspect of it. So that must, I wanted to test that hypothesis, you know? So actually on my website, got SurveyMonkey and I created like a little survey and I have this group online called Kids Connection. You can find a link for that on my website as well. It's a Facebook group where we talk about different topics around dance and Kizomba and things like that. And I put the survey out there 
And well, actually, even before I did the survey, I started like testing people that I know that were head over heels in love with Kizomba. And I was finding that not everybody had physical touch in their top two love languages. But one of them that did come up a lot was quality time. And quality time doesn't come up. I think quality time was like my fourth or fifth one, actually. Um, and it was interesting. I'm like, well, why? What does quality time have to do with Kizomba? But if you think about it, Kizomba, when you have that one on one connection where the rest of the world disappears and it's just you and that other person and the music that you guys are really, really enjoying, that would definitely constitute as quality time. And that seems to be coming rare and rare in our society, like even in a in a monogamous relationship is quality time is rare. I feel sometimes if you don't kind of set those bound, those boundaries. Um, but I found that a quality time also crept up. So I changed my hypothesis and I said, well, let's see if most Kizoma people have either physical touch or quality time in their top two predominant love languages. And so that was the premise of my research, if you will, quote unquote. And that's what I put out there. I did like a big Facebook post and stuff like that and tried to get as many people as I could to kind of take the quiz, the love languages quiz, and then to fill out my survey monkey thing. If you're listening to this and you want to take a part of it, I will put a link to it um, on the show notes. So the, the, the survey is still live. So you can still go there and, and fill it out. Um, but um, we have 74 people um, that participated. Um, obviously, there were more females than males that participated in that. And that's another conversation in, as well, in itself. It's like guys being open to intimacy and talking about these things because it's just a human thing. It's not like, oh, well, you're not a macho man because you're talking about feelings and, and the unseen and, and connection and that kind of things, you or know. Only but only women need love. Yeah, <laughs> I know for sure. But uh, I wonder if it's a different thing in Europe versus in the U.S., you know. I yeah, I definitely think that the willingness to talk about feelings and intimacy is I, I've noticed that mm -hmm. like the, the traveling that I've done, that's something that seems culturally dependent. Um, and, you know, I think maybe before talking about the results of the survey, it would mm -hmm. be a good time to kind of unpack the, the five different love languages. Uh, yes, we talked about that. Um, and uh, so quality, quality time. I think is a good starting point because Charles was just talking about it and um, you know quality time is an uninterrupted or focused conversation and really it's it's one-on-one -on -one time where someone is present in mind and body and um, I would be I would I, I would venture to guess that women are more likely to have quality time as a top love, love language than men. Definitely. And is that you two find that to be true? I find that true. Even with my friends that I've had to take the quiz who aren't dancers, quality time for women seems to come up a lot. And it's, I know for me, and I, I've mentioned this actually, I think at least twice on the, the other podcast, is that as a woman, it's unusual for you to have a man's full attention mm -hmm. for longer than like a second <laughs> even if you're like looking really really hot you're like traffic stoppingly mm -hmm. hot and someone whistles at you on the street you get one second mm -hmm. maybe two mm -hmm. and they drive by and it's only intended that the interaction lasts that long mm -hmm. and that's like if you 
you look in such a way that mm. it just like it garners that kind of strong reaction but it's just a second to to dance with someone and to have their full attention for a whole song is something completely different multiple songs <laughs> women like multiples right <laughs> <laughs> So I've heard. I'm I'm, I'm not 100 percent sure on that, but like in like culture, like multiples being more common. (laughs) But I mean, yeah, like Charles is really uh, trying to promote the the cultural difference that we see in Kizomba, where it's more common to dance multiple songs with one person than it is in say like salsa or swing Mm -hmm. or some of the other some of the other rhythms that you see. So that's quality time. I will start with physical touch. Next, we talked a little bit about that. Um, Quality time does not have to be sexual. So I guess that's the first sentence I will say for sure because usually guys are like, oh yeah, well, I like to get touched in all the kind of different places. So yes, like um, there are some guys that definitely have high physical touch, but it's not just in a sexual context. It could be um, holding your hand, a back rub. Um, It doesn't have to even be in a romantic concept, you know, just like, your mother playing with your hair or something like that, like different things. Um, Hugging, kissing, holding hands, physical affection from brothers to sisters to parents and children to friends. Like it does, there's no context on the relationship, but it's just that um, you're breaking the barrier of that person's personal space. And even with my experience dancing Kizomba, like sometimes when you dance with somebody, and they literally absorb you into their body like there's no barriers whatsoever when you when you hug that person when you dance with them that's usually my signal like oh they're probably high on physical touch versus when you dance with somebody and they don't they kind of have that personal barrier with them or even you can be body to body and still feel like a, a barrier in their vibe you know so um Usually, like for this one, the things that really stand out are like if in a negative way, if if you like physical neglect, like negative physical touch or a long periods of time without being able to, to touch somebody or anything like having that. And I feel like that's really, really a, a real deal in, in our society, because like when do you go if you're not in a relationship and, even, and this is not even a guarantee to have this if you're a physical touch person in a in a relationship but if you're at a relationship it's even more of a rarity to like have somebody touch you in a way that's meaningful without necessarily being romantically involved with that person you know absolutely and i think um something that really important point that gary chapman brought up in his book that charles alluded to is that um, physical touch isn't just about sex because everyone likes sex. (laughs) A a man liking sex doesn't mean that physical touch is his love language. Mm -hmm. And um, you can see it playing out in relationships. So I, I had a boyfriend who um, didn't like, like to hold hands or be affectionate like that in public. And um, it it really it really bothered me, and it was really something that I felt like you know it was like this need that I wasn't really getting met. And I, I mean, another way that I see it p- play out is if um, you know I'm talking to a friend or someone I really care about, I like reach out and put my hand on their arm or something like that, and I find it's just sort of this this natural inclination. Um, yeah, definitely. Words of affirmation. This one is is huge for me. Um, it's, it's in the book. I think he talked about it like being a dual edged sword. How like 
the smallest compliment can kind of like make the angels sing and make heaven open up you know <laughs> versus like the smallest comment that's negative can like make the person feel like they're in in hell if we're going to like keep the analogy going of the whole heaven hell thing but especially with me growing up like it was really rare to get like a compliment like a genuine compliment from my parents just because they're like really really strict you got a 90 on the test why don't you get a 100 you get a 99 like where's the 100 kind of thing you know um and i'm pretty sure some of you guys can relate to that but it was tough to kind of like get that validation of of words of affirmation you know um you look good physical appearance um your intelligence just different things you know um and so knowing that now and like having me teach like one thing that i really like to do after my workshops after i found this out is that i have this uh feedback page on my site um it's neilkizama.com slash testify and you get to put your thoughts on and criticisms of my workshops but i really really warms my heart to hear the positive words of affirmation from the people that uh take my workshops because i love kizomba um physical touch i get to be a part of that and we'll talk about how kizomba touches those different areas for me and other people as well um but yeah like if the criticism isn't constructive or if you're not recognizing an effort or an appreciation or something like that, like it really kills my motivation to like even want to continue in relationships. Sometimes if I go out of my way and I do something to make that person happy and they ignore it and they don't express it or they don't recognize it, it's like, OK, well, I'm not doing that again, you know, or even if it's like a step in the direction of where you want me to get to, like, let me know, you know, but um. Yeah, it's, it's a huge thing for me and other people as well. Anything to add to that? No, I think All right, the next one is going to be, let's talk about receiving gifts. And when I initially heard gifts, it's like, oh, well, these are the people that like to be spoiled with like expensive <laughs> gifts and stuff like that. But it doesn't even have to be expensive or anything like that. That's not the requirement. It's more about the thought that counts, you know? Um, I know in some cultures, like gift giving is like something that's really culturally accepted and like um, it's like a, a big deal that when somebody passes something down to you, like heirlooms and things like that, you know, um, but like little thoughts and gestures, it can be um, one of those charm bracelets or something like that that doesn't cost a lot at all it can be something passed down it can be something used it can be something handmade or like artsy crafty if you're that kind of person um but i really the main thing of that is just the thought behind the gift and letting that person know that you're thinking about them even though you're not physically with them i think is really really nice absolutely and it's i mean it gifts definitely isn't like very high on um for me as far as like being a top love language it's my number five but there are certain contexts like um i used to be an attorney for kids in foster care and a couple of my clients would do drawings for me and that just meant the world to me and i still carry them around and it's not because of like the actual item itself mm -hmm. but just the the thoughtfulness that's so that's so precious and touching Mm -hmm. Before we go into acts of service, I do want to say what you receive. So my love languages are physical touch and words of affirmation. That doesn't necessarily mean that that's what I'm going to speak as well. You know, um, I like to receive those, but 
I see myself doing other things and acts of service is one of those. So there's two, two kind of paradigms. The way that you like to receive your love, what touches your love tanks, and then it's also curious to see what comes out. Sometimes it's a direct for direct, like you get physical touch, you get physical touch. But for some people, like you get physical touch and then you buy them a gift. Or sometimes when you have your love tank full, like you just start doing stuff across all the love languages just because you feel inspired to do so. Like there's no barrier for that. So like maybe your love tank overflows into the other love tanks and those start filling up you start doing things um, across all five spectrums. That's not uncommon as well. Um, but acts of service as people that love uh, to have little things done for them, you know, like doing some chores, uh, grabbing them, breakfast in bed is a great thing. Um, something to help that person with their daily workload really, really makes a big, um, a big impact on those people who have that love language. Yeah, and this is actually perfect because we're at Cindy's house right now. Mm -hmm. I always remember what Cindy said about this because acts of service is, is a top love language for our, our dear friend Cindy Loader. And she was saying that growing up, um, her dad would always be the one to like load the suitcases in the car. And so they would just bring the suitcases to the door if they're going somewhere and the, her dad would load the car and he'd always like unload the groceries after they've been grocery shopping. And... Um, yeah, I mean, I think it's a good point that Charles was making that there's this there's this paradigm, right? Because it's not only what you choose to express love, but also it might be a different language that you're speaking in terms of how you want to receive it. Mm -hmm. But um, you know, I think it's I think it's important to understand, especially in the relationship context, because if you're listening to this podcast you're an adult and mm -hmm. you've had at least one bad relationship mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> um even and you've probably gotten burned really bad at least one time probably mm -hmm. by this point um but a lot of times that i've experienced this too it's just sort of like a mismatch and so maybe you know like um i i my my love languages are physical touch and words of affirmation um, and I was dating someone who uh, he's probably like quality time and acts of service. Mm. So we were both feeling unappreciated because we were expressing like we were using our own love languages to express love. And mm -hmm. that isn't how that other person received love. Mm -hmm. And so it's kind of it that, you know, you keep sort of using your same strategies uh, to try to connect with your partner and make them feel appreciated, but you don't feel appreciated because you feel like they're not recognizing. And that kills the motivation to even try to match or understand where they're coming from. Absolutely, yeah. And so, um, and it's like, I, th I think it's kind of a nice way to neutralize it because of course there are things you can do to try to understand the other person. Um, and sort of meet them halfway. But, you know, sometimes people are just like mismatched and mm -hmm. that's, that's okay. And that's the real context of the book. It's like, it's not really, oh, you're not doing what you need for me. So you need to get on point. But like, it's also flipping the script and say, well, you didn't do anything to get that person it's love language, you know? So now it's kind of like, like you said, neutralizing the standpoints and somebody has to make a move. So you have to figure out who's going to make that move, but it makes you appreciate, even if it's not your love language, but the awareness that they are expressing something in their love language, now that you're aware of what it is, it changes the appreciation if you truly care about this person, even though it's not like 
um, lighting fireworks for you because it's not your love language you still give it appreciation because you know that person is speaking from the heart with that particular love language you know so if i'm physical touch and my gifts is not high but my girlfriend's and i know my girlfriend is high gifts and she gets me gifts all the time it really doesn't do anything for me but knowing that she's a gifts person i'm gonna like oh wow she's letting me know something serious because she's doing something from one of her predominant love language absolutely so yeah this is really really awesome and it's really interesting reading the book and just thinking about your past relationships and like kind of taking a trip down memory lane and just (laughs) memory lane was like fraught with like resentment and frustration no but it's it kind of like like there's no there's no animosity i mean yes there's douchebags and things that are wrong (laughs) stuff like that but sometimes just not clicking with somebody it kind of shed some light it's like huh that's why I didn't feel appreciated. That's why they didn't feel appreciated. And that's why we just kind of felt it was best to go our separate ways, you know? But that doesn't mean you can't be in a happy relationship with somebody whose love languages aren't um, aligned with yours. Like, exactly, it's completely fine. We all have our different uh, views and perspectives and and ways we like to receive and express love, but it's awareness, self-awareness first and foremost, you know, and then awareness of your partner. And this is exactly what we do in Kizoma, you know, you're self-aware of yourself, your vibe, your steps and things like that, and then you're trying to connect with another partner, and it's just really awesome to kind of see those parallels across just real life, and then also what happens, what I feel more so from my experience on the Kizoma dance floor. Yeah, and I think if you are dancing kizomba with someone, then they know kizomba, they like kizomba, and probably they're more in tune than other folks are about, um, you know, ex- expressing themselves non-verbally. And um, if you are nervous or your mind's on something else or your attention isn't totally on that person, mm-hmm. then th- that person can notice. And to I think to really be a good social dancer and to show up mentally and emotionally because people who dance Kizomba and who are good at Kizomba can tell, um, it's, it's, it's a great thing to be conscious of. And so sh- should we tell them the results of the survey? Yes, for sure. Let's take a quick moment to thank our sponsors. Have you been looking to level up your Kizomba but you don't have the local instructors to take you there? Are you looking for something concrete to practice with your Kizomba partner? Or are you looking for Kizomba lessons that you can take on your schedule and the comfort of your home? If you answered yes to any of these questions, look no further. LearnToKids.com is what you need. Progressive, step-by-step lessons that you can take at your pace in the comfort of your home or anywhere with a solid internet connection on your PC, Mac, or any smartphone. New videos are added every month. You can try this awesome resource out 30 days free at learntokids.com slash podcast. After the 30 days free, it's only a low $15 per month. But again, the special offer for the Dance Your Heart On Fire listeners, 30 days free at learntokids.com slash podcast. You won't find this offer anywhere else. learntokids.com slash podcast. And now back to our show.
Like I said, this survey is still open. If you're interested in this, um, just for your own self-awareness, like it's not really, I mean, if you want to take the love languages and not fill out my survey, that's no hard feelings. But if you want to participate in the survey, I really appreciate it. Um, I'll put a, a link for it in the show notes. I'll also include a link that I found on Pinterest on love languages that just has so many different memes and all these kind of things around uh, love languages. So you guys can kind of sink your teeth into that if it really interests you. Um, but it's really, really awesome. But going to the results of the survey, so we had 74 people total that answered. Um, 80% of the participants were female, 20% were male. And that goes into the paradigm of like, why aren't guys open to this kind of stuff? Um, this wants me, this wants, I feel inspired to give a shout out to Enrique. Enrique is an awesome guy that's out of South Carolina that I think I mentioned him in my other podcast, but he's been traveling a lot for Kizomba. But after taking a lesson with me, he came up to me and he's like, I really like how this dance really gives you the chance to embrace intimacy. And I was like, oh my gosh. <laughs> Yay, I was okay. looking around and I was really crazy. And I'm like, this is awesome. But like, did he really just use the word intimacy in a conversation between two males? I was like shocked, you know, like I don't even think I've used intimacy. Let me see. Have I used the word intimacy with another male person before ever? TV. Probably TV. <laughs> yeah, but it's, it's not a common thing. Like, you don't call your bro up and be like, hey, like, you don't really talk <laughs> about intimacy, you know, or, or being intimate. It's all about, like, scoring girls and stuff like that. But it's just, like, cultural stuff, you know? But this is real shit. Um, and I feel like as you mature, and especially with Kizoma, I feel like it's been a catalyst of that maturity of, like, really understanding what intimacy means or at least having an appreciation for it first and foremost, you know? Um, but, yeah, go back to the results. So 80% female 20 percent males um the highest age group was from 25 to 34 and then 35 to 44 um these are all anonymous so i don't know who these people were um but question the first question there was only just two questions well they, they think the total five questions it was your gender your age group and then what were your top three love languages from first to second all right so what was your strongest love language the highest one was physical touch, 31 votes out of 73. So that was like 42-ish percent. Hypothesis confirmed. Uh -huh. And then the second strongest love language was 30%, 22 votes quality time. And then words of affirmation were like 15% and 12%. So they kind of came in for a tie. And nobody's strongest love language was gifts. <laughs> <laughs> Poor gifts. Uh-huh. <laughs> Um, and then by the way um, Charles and I were curious about the common love languages amongst the general population um, to see to what extent um, for example Kizomba dancers were overrepresented in having the top mm -hmm. physical love language of physical touch and that's absolutely true because according to the author of the book he thought that the five love languages were pretty evenly split like 20% yeah yeah, there wasn't any love language that was more common than the rest of them. So it seems that the general population is pretty evenly split. So that pretty shows that Kizomo dancers do really hone in on that physical touch. And this also, before I talk about the second strongest, um, if Kizomba kind of like rocks your wildest dreams and it's something that, I mean, it's like you have people that travel 
14 hours to go to Europe to go for a festival for a weekend and then come back. Mm -hmm. So like you spend more time traveling than actually dancing, but just like the experience that you get on the dance floor is so amazing. It's so worth it, you know? It's crazy. Um, but I mean, somebody just doing basic one to like a soft song where looking at it, it's not really super fancy or it's not a show dance or anything like that, you know? It's kind of like watching somebody getting a massage. like. It does nothing. It's not exciting. <laughs> Nobody wants to watch that. But if you're the person getting the massage, you're like fucking in heaven, you know? Oh, did I say the F word? Can I say the F word on my own podcast? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't see why not. <laughs> Do some Gary V shit. <laughs> if you guys don't know who Gary v is, you need to um, check him out. Gary Vaynerchuk, he's an entrepreneur that I follow. is pretty awesome. But he drops F bombs all the time. So. It's very effective. <laughs> it's very effective. Fucking effective. <laughs> so. Compelling. So yeah, um, it's really, really uh, awesome in that regard because getting the massage is freaking amazing, but watching it is not, you know? So this is like for people who don't get it, like maybe it's just they're not in tune with their love languages, you know? And there's no hard feelings about that. But if you do fit the, the criteria of this, Kizomba may be for you. Totally. And I, I just wanted to say that um, that makes me think of like this distinction that another a friend of mine that I had who was a hardcore salsetta for a while and now does like some kind of other stuff like improv, African drumming type, more freeform stuff. And she was talking to me about the distinction between um, the way dancing looks and how it feels. Mm. And it's a completely different objective. Mm -hmm. And if your motivation is to go to congresses and be part of a challenge and perform, then you're like a how it looks person. Mm -hmm. But I think kizomberos are how it feels. People. Definitely. And so like the whole premise of like this podcast is what about how it feels really, really draws you to it. And it's, it's more than just a hobby and doing something that looks cool it's but, giving you life yeah absolutely and that reminds me of that one quote i'm pretty sure i said it in a previous podcast but the most beautiful things are not seen with the eyes but felt by the heart you know um i think that was Rumi or somebody like that some some Sounds poetic like yeah <laughs> like awesome smart person yeah like for sure Paulo Coelho or something so the the second strongest love language among the 74 people that filled out the quiz uh was quality time and that goes to my hypothesis like if you're head over heels in love with kizomba you're probably more than likely to be really high on physical touch or quality time just because you get that one-on-one -on -one affection that we were talking about earlier in the podcast so that was that contemplated for 41 percent of the people that took it and then physical touch came in second place so still top two lung languages for this strongest and the second strongest were still physical touch and quality time and then words of affirmation came in third and then the last two were acts of service and gifts and then the third strongest was words of affirmation but not too far behind words of affirmation was 24 votes so that was 32 percent physical touch was 16 so it's 21 and then acts of service was pretty high as well 18 votes which gave that about 25 percent i'll put a link so you guys can see see the results 
of these so you can see it for yourself but it's pretty cool uh, i think my goal was to get 200 people to do it but we came to 74 but i'm pretty sure if we polled another 500 people i think more or less it'll come out to be the same um but this is pretty awesome this is why i did it this is why i wanted to have the podcast to kind of start this conversation um we're still learning like it's not like oh this is what it is you know but it's at least opening the door up to the conversation of like getting guys to talk about intimacy embrace kizomba and i think in the u.s it might be a little bit tougher just because of our cultural perceptions on what intimacy is and who should embody it and appreciate it and things like that versus in more european countries um Latin countries i'd say is too like just having like a hang-up in the u.s mm -hmm. about intimacy and the fact that it's a real human need and that it's okay and really s separating it from sex because definitely think, uh, you know it's something that i've liked about the first time I lived abroad, I was in Barcelona, is that when you say hello to someone, like you kiss them. Mm -hmm. So like considering my love language was probably like not a surprise that I thought that that was really cool, but there was a certain level of comfort and platonic intimacy. Mm -hmm. And I think to a certain degree, especially in the platonic context, because every, like I, I said before, I can't believe I'm saying it twice in your podcast, <laughs> everybody likes sex, uh -huh. <laughs> obviously, but um, platonic intimacy is on a different level and there's no exact script. And so, you know, Charles talks a lot, I think if you've taken a workshop with him or, um, you know, if you follow him on social media, you know, it's like, it's not just about dancing, but what is, what does this say? Like, what purpose is it serving in your life? And mm -hmm. how has dance helped you connect with yourself and connect with, with the world and, and to develop personally? It's the path of self-discovery and self-awareness. And I think I talk about this in one of my other podcasts. It's like, you can't, we always say, oh, well, if you want to really love something or someone, you have to know that person or that thing, you know? But what about us, like yourself, you know? If you don't know yourself, if you haven't discovered yourself, can you really say that you love yourself? And that's a conversation that you don't really hear about. Like, who asked you, do, do you love yourself? Like. And not even your I don't think my mom or my dad has ever asked me like, hey, son, how are you doing? Do you love yourself? Like, this, <laughs> it's not a conversation, but it's really important, you know, because if you don't like it's, it's so crazy how you have self limiting thoughts, self defeating thoughts. You have like this self image that can be so negative. And I've been through depression. I've been through low self confidence. I've been to been through self harm and things like that, it's, it's kind of crazy looking back at it now, but like, if you don't have that strong, know thyself kind of thing, you know, you kind it's really easy to get lost through just limiting self thoughts and really uh, trying to take over and take control of your self talk, you know? Um, but I feel like dancing has definitely helped me on that path and I'm still on that path. It's not an ending path, you know, but I can definitely say I'm in a lot better place than I was before. And I'll let Emily talk a little bit on this as well. And then I'll talk about how like my journey in Kizomba has really shown me how these love languages are kind of outplaying themselves. But definitely like you don't really hear people say I mean, I feel like that should be like a, something you talk about in school to kids and stuff like that. Like, 
can you look yourself in the mirror and say that you love yourself without thinking some self-limiting thought or oh i'm not good enough i'm not beautiful enough i'm not pretty enough i'm not cool enough or anything like that just accept yourself for who you are where you're at right now and realize that it's just an ever-growing journey of becoming a better version of yourself to the day you die yeah and i i I mean i'm also thinking about the different cultural norms and place and sort of societal limitations on encouraging people to like love themselves genuinely because i i mean you see a lot of people talking out of ego Mm -hmm. and a lot of times those people really don't like themselves and Mm -hmm. they're really insecure and they're they're trying to fulfill that in some other way um but uh, yeah, it's funny because I was just thinking as we we're talking about the podcast, I was like, wow, we're talking a lot more about like intimacy mm-hmm. and love and self-knowledge mm-hmm. than we're talking about dancing at all. Um, and I'm like, well, I don't know how qualified I, I'm not like a clinician, or, like a therapist, <laughs> but like if you're if you're a human, mm-hmm. you have this basic need and you have like an absolute right, I feel like to fulfill that. And um I mean, I agree with Charles that like being okay in your own skin um, and and really loving yourself is a necessary sort of precursor to have the capacity to experience intimacy and not just romantic intimacy Mm -hmm. to connect with other people. And um, I'm thinking about this workshop that Albir did at his uh, Mixtura Festival, which is in Valencia in Spain every September. It's cool. You should check it out. so he did it was called uh, Kizomba Bohemia and he was just basically talking about knowing like getting to know himself as an artist and he had this exercise where he played a song and he had people go around and hug other people not just like guys hugging girls but just hugging another person Mm -hmm. for like 30 seconds or some, something, maybe it might have only been 20 seconds, mm-hmm. but it felt like forever, because you didn't Isn't know that these crazy? people. Yeah, and he stopped us because we started doing basic one, we started dancing, mm-hmm. because we felt more comfortable, like, mm-hmm. oh, like it's more okay for me to be hugging a stranger, like, or for like a man to hug another man, for example, mm-hmm. if it's within the context of dancing, and he stopped us, he's like, no, just like hug the person. And it was one of the most extraordinarily intimate experiences that I've had, and it was with people who I didn't actually know know um and it's like it takes a lot to be able to do that not everyone could be open and willing enough you know to actually hug and be physically and emotionally present with a stranger for 20 seconds Mm -hmm. isn't that something to say as a society you know it's, it's very interesting so listening to emily talk and we'll wrap up the podcast here i'll talk about my journey in kizoma but before i get into Um, my story but just like from a society view um you talked about seeing the extremes like it's you have balance here and i think the key word is balance you can't beat your chest and be like this narcissistic egomaniac you know but then you can also be down in the dumps and like be kicking yourself and think that you're not worth anything you know and i see i feel it's so common to see those two extremes versus having somebody in the middle that's balanced between both of them you know having the confidence and having the i guess 
courage to kind of own whatever your strengths are, whatever your talents are, whatever your gifts are. But then on the same time, having a good dose of humility on the other side without getting into self-limiting thoughts and beliefs and actions and self-talk and things like that. The, 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 the conversations that you have with yourself in your head, you know, are really important. And so it's interesting to not see that balance, you know, and I feel in society is so quick for psychiatrists and things like that to like give you pills and Prozac or you're depressed and all this kind of stuff, you know, but they don't really talk about the core issues of like how you freaking see yourself overall, your self image, what, what conversations are you having with yourself in your head? You know, those are so much more important than the conversations that you have with other people. And another tool for self-awareness is meditation. Um, there's so many different ways to go about doing it. So you have to w find out what works best for you. But I'm going to tell you guys from my perspective, when I start to meditate more, I feel like I'm able to look people in the eyes without fear. And before that was something, it's something recently that I, could, I just kind of noticed that I started doing more naturally. But before it was like, I would look at somebody's eyes for like maybe half a second and then I look away. Even though I'm having a one-on-one -on -one conversation, I wouldn't look at them, you know? Male or female, it didn't matter, you know? But now when I'm having a conversation with somebody, I'm giving them my undivided attention, like it's a lot easier. And then like, you can see like their pupils and the colors in their eyes. And like, if the sun is shining into their eyes, it's really interesting, you know? And then it just makes me think of that, that, that quote that says eyes are, are the window to the soul, you know? So it's, it's really interesting in that regard. And yeah, like, meditation self-awareness and all this is really really important i think dance is a tool to get into that you know and it just makes dance seem bigger and deeper than what it really is you know and it just really puts you on that path you know and there's different things for different people everybody has their own path to walk you know but um we are a human race we are a society we are social creatures you know and i feel like we can help each other so much more than what we're doing right now in the context that there shouldn't be people committing suicide with suicidal thoughts and feeling lost and feeling worthless and all that like fuck that shit like that shouldn't be that shouldn't be an issue you know like people need to figure out what they're what they're born for what their calling was what are they going to do to improve society what are what inventions what ideas what arts what songs what choreographies what inventions are they able to offer the world versus feeling that they're not good enough you know yeah, and regarding meditation, I I think meditation is the single most important thing I've done for my overall health probably within the last like five years. Mm -hmm. And um, it's really good for anxiety if, if um, you're kind of like a high energy type person and it's hard for you to slow down mm -hmm. it's so great and i've i found it's really helpful actually for me too to be um to practice meditation and just being present with my breath to be present mm -hmm. with people and i think like the mental real estate that is going to be present in the moment when i'm having a conversation i can really like train that and increase my capacity for that while i'm meditating and it it flows perfectly over to dancing because what we were talking about is um, earlier about, you know, the other person being savvy enough to know if you're mentally present. Mm -hmm. it, it can help you practice that. And that, you know, the thing we talked about in the um, why Kizomba sets our heart on fire podcast about how Kizomba is meditation for two, mm -hmm. because in my opinion, when it is a really good dance, both people are, are completely present in that mm -hmm. moment. And you feel understood without saying a word. 
Exactly. Exactly. That's so true. <laughs> That's so true. I, I just had like a life bulb moment. I was, just, like, <laughs> looking at, I was just like, wow, yeah. Because you do, you feel understood. You feel understood. It's crazy. So, um, if you're still listening to the podcast now, <laughs> we really appreciate it. But this is the reason why I even started the podcast because these conversations need to be had. These conversations need to be put out into the public. These conversations need to be... I mean, I mean, if I had a fighter jet and I can write these things in the sky <laughs> so you guys can see it in each major city across the world, I would, but like, it's just kind of crazy. But um, just to wrap up the podcast here, the five love languages in my journey so far, teaching Kizoma full-time, two plus years now, we talked about physical touch. So physical touch, Kizomba allows me to touch multiple people, hugs, guys, obviously more females at the socials and stuff like that. That fills my love tank. Words of affirmation. I get to all, one last note on physical touch. I get to give and receive that. So I give it to other people, you know, to get them to be relaxed. And I've been actually finding that it's really helpful to start to lead other guys and like show them how it should feel and how smooth you can be. It really like sets a perspective on that. So giving and receiving physical touch. Words of affirmation is also a two-way street. I get to give positive reinforcement to the students and things like that. Um, I get to give critiques on my privates and videos. And I also get to receive those on the other end, you know, constructive criticism, praise, all that kind of stuff. I didn't get that a lot of that growing up, but I definitely feel alive in that respect on the words of affirmation acts of service. So I'm kind of a crazy Kizomba, I guess, an addict, I guess you can say. I teach Kizoma full-time, I'm doing this podcast, I DJ a little bit, I'm organizing a festival, I run a Facebook group, um, I'm doing this flash mob for free, just different stuff to kind of help grow Kizoma by whatever capacity that I have within my means, you know? And yeah, like I feel like it is an act of service to kind of help grow the scene. Um, I don't know if that's a two-way street. Um, or not, but I, I feel like, okay, if Kizoma's filling my love tanks, physical touch and words of affirmation is spilling over into acts of service. We have quality time. So quality time is definitely not high for me, but I'm open to appreciating intimacy a lot more now and giving it to somebody else who may appreciate it so much more than what I do, you know, but like acts of service, giving quality time, like they start to overlap a little bit, you know, and then giving the knowledge and, and things like that as well can also be a gift. You give away your talent. Um, I have some videos of tutorials and stuff like that. So you kind of have your talent, but then you give it away. Um, so that kind of helps that out as well. Um, but now that I talked about it earlier in the podcast, how like if your love tank is full and it like gets full and it overflows, it does show up in the other um, tanks kind of naturally. I'm, I'm not sure if you guys listening on the podcast can remember a relationship where you just felt so in love that you just started doing all kinds of stuff for the person from buying gifts to doing them favors to giving them gifts. I think I said that already, but um, <laughs> it's interesting. It's really interesting. Um, 
I don't know, maybe I can get Gary Chapman on a podcast or something like that, the author of the book, to talk about it a little bit. But it's really interesting. I would suggest picking up the book. I'll put a link to the book on the show notes. Uh, you can buy it on Amazon or have it on your Kindle or anything like that. But if you're on the road to self-awareness and self-discovery, if that appeals to you and you want to know more about yourself, you don't know what your love languages are, I would definitely, if you don't want to read the book, definitely take the, the quiz. It's online I'll, and the link is going to be in the show notes. And if you'd like to participate in the survey that I'm doing, it's an ongoing thing. Definitely fill that out, share with your friends and stuff like that. And I feel it will definitely help a lot of people realize the power behind Kizomba, not just in the steps, not just in the rich culture and, and of Africa and partner dancing and things like that. I feel like there's so much more to it besides the, your nationality and what continent you're from. And I think it's really something that, that appeals to the human soul. Absolutely. Any last notes, Emily, or thoughts? Now, I think we did a good job. All right. So that's another podcast for you guys. Thank you guys so much for listening. Really appreciate it. Um, at the end of every podcast, there is a testify. I talked about the words of affirmation. If you guys love the podcast, if you want to shoot me an email, uh, charles at neokizomba.com. I love to hear from you guys that are listening to the podcast. I see so many listens from around the world. So don't be shy. Like, send me a message. Drop me a note on Facebook. Let me know your thoughts and things like that. Um, if you comment something, I will comment back um, because I really like this conversation and then the earth it inspires me it motivates me it gives me goosebumps to kind of start the conversation and put it out there for the public as well peace out guys Bye. thank you for checking out the dance your heart on fire podcast today be sure to check out neokizomba.com for links to everything that we chatted about today as well as some awesome free resources to enhance your kizomba journey